House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. But, uh, Jeff Harmon, he's our astrology um, uh, commentator and contributor. Uh, thanks for being here, Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me. So, uh, now, of course, we've been on the air, and everybody knows that tomorrow's my day for the uh, the Oscopies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Both top and bottom. So, and, and we, were, we were kind of going through this, and everybody knows that listens that, that, that I do this pretty regularly, that I've had uh, parents with cancer and, uh, and uh, a little bit rough health myself, and so we thought we'd bring in the astrology and how it can help us with our health um so, so jeff so what do you think about that do you think astrology has an effect and we can use it to um, make a healthier life i do um you, you we had a great conversation right before the show and we kind of serendipitously decided on this topic um if i might i'll tell you a little background about how i got into this um my my mother was a uh, nurse. She was an, uh, started out as an LPN, and then she advanced to an RN, and then she became a specialist in hemodialysis. And I don't know if she actually became a nurse practitioner, which is right underneath the doctor, but I know she was in her studies. And ironically, she had contracted breast cancer. And um, when I was a kid in the 60s, I used to see medical astrology sitting around in the house, and I never thought anything of it. And I didn't get into astrology until the mid-70s when I was driving. And, of course, uh, the girlfriends were coming around and all that, and my mother kind of dazzled me with her accuracy with astrology. And uh, I actually was a skeptic. I, I said, come on, how can the planets have any effect on you? And moreover, you know, how could the planets have any effect on health? And you, Alan, and I, uh, and I think it was Kevin, we got into a, a great kind of segue on this where, you know, does the astrology show imbalances physically or energetically? And I have to say, uh, in the 80s and 90s, I had really delved into what we call classical or pre-medieval medical astrology and also something known as Ayurvedic astrology. Ayurvedic astrology is more the genre of classical Vedic astrology, which is also known as Jyotisha. And it looks at the configurations of a person's birth chart and looks at energetic imbalances. Well, what really impressed me uh, particularly in the 80s, mid-80s, and late 80s, was I have always had severe chronic fatigue. Uh, some people relate that to Epstein-Barr. And I had gone to a number of doctors um, to see if they could find anything wrong. Well, allopathic medicine is wonderful in that it checks your vitals, it checks your blood work, it checks many other things that uh, you know are imbalanced in the blood and, and various other symptoms, vital signs, etc. And the, I always came back golden. They said, my God, you've got a great heart, you've got perfect blood work, your blood pressure and all that's great. Sorry, we don't have the magic bullet, go home. And yet I was so tired sometimes I could hardly walk. Um, in high school, 
I literally thought I was going to die a couple of times. And it fits my Vedic astrology to the T. Um, in fact, I, I can't mention names on the air here, but I have a couple of very famous doctors as clients, and one of them in particular had the same astrological configuration as I do in my chart. And I mentioned it to him. I says, I'll bet you have chronic fatigue. And he says, oh, my God, you, you have no idea. And he says, and yet I'm the doctor out there prescribing all these wonderful remedies to help people feel better. And he says, they work, but he says, I'm, I'm personally to the point where I can't walk certain days. And I said, well, my friend, I've been to that barbecue, and your astrology shows it. And, you know, I think it was Kevin mentioned something really intelligent. He said, well, what can we do about it? Well, that's the golden, I think, wand in Ayurvedic astrology and also medieval medical astrology. They not only could cite energetic imbalances, but they would prescribe certain herbs and also foods that were right for you. And I think Ayurvedic astrology is probably the most, I think, uh, dynamic in that area, where literally I have tables and tables of certain foods. Um, they're referred to as Vada, uh, Kapha, and Pitta. Pitta is heated, and you know, Kapha is more earthy, and Kapha is more airy. And and there's variations. I'm being very simplistic here right now. But these types of foods, which are natural foods that we all eat all the time, certain ones you want to give more credence to, and others you want to abstain from. And there's also an amazing plethora of herbs that you can take that again are all natural and you know, we were joking before the show how you know many times we'll go to the doctors and get prescribed uh, pharmaceuticals and other things that are sometimes very good but have you know, a, a drastic side effects to them and sometimes quite drastic side effects so much that people end up near dead from them. Oh. Well, well, they tell you that during the commercials. You know, they, exactly. they, they give you a list of 50 side effects, and then at the very end they say, and possible death. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So what attracted me to the Ayurvedic was when I started really um, delving into this, it was, it was quite fascinating because living in Los Angeles, there was a uh, Ayurvedic doctor at an old herb shop on Santa Monica and Fairfax Avenue. It's now gone. There was a Russian lady named Svetlana who used to run it, and I loved that place. I would go in there in the 80s and the 90s and discuss astrology with the Ayurvedic doctor, and he, we just had such a, a wonderful exploration. And I have to say, many of the... Uh, herbs really picked me up and to this day I am an absolute fan of reflexology turmeric is probably one of the most powerful antioxidants known to man and most of the doctors I speak to absolutely agree in fact if anyone wants to jump on the internet and just read about polyps you, you were mentioning you may have polyps um, where you're having blood loss Right. The, the allopathic doctors will be happy to cut them out for you 
But I have actually seen people under doctor's care, particularly Ayurvedic and, and uh, naturopathic, who will get on turmeric. And, and one of the best ways to take it is take the raw root in a blender, a glass blender, and you cut up, oh, maybe an inch or so of root, not the powder, the raw root. And uh, you put about a tablespoon of good omega-3s, 6s and 9s. You can also use olive oil. And about a quarter of a teaspoon of black pepper and put water in it and just uh, like a cup of water and beat it up really pureed so it's absolutely blended and drink it that is probably one of the most powerful antioxidants known to men I, I had a, a client who was under doctor's care he had a stroke he was 80 I think 84 years old and the Coumadin saved his life that's why I'm not a I, I'm certainly a, a fan of allopathic medicine's ability to diagnose because it's really good. But um, he got sick from the Coumadin, and he had heard about the turmeric, and I told him the remedy, but I said, don't take it unless your doctor approves. And that's one of the things I would like to say is anyone listening, don't mix herbs with pharmaceuticals unless you check with your doctor. Um and I would highly recommend being under the care of a naturopathic doctor because I can't give you medical advice, nor will I. But, but I'll tell you this quick story. He, uh, after six months, was so sick from the Coumadin, he couldn't do it anymore. So he, his doctor said, don't take the, the turmeric with the Coumadin because you can actually kill yourself. It, it's too much. So he went off the Coumadin and went on to the turmeric and in the next six months, the doctor said, my God, your blood work is perfect. Your, your, your cholesterols are all balanced. Your, your liver enzymes are right on. And he said um, th that, that Coumadin is really doing the job. He says, I haven't been on Coumadin for six months. He says, I just didn't tell you. I went off the Coumadin, went on turmeric. And the doctor said, well, it must be from the, the Coumadin. And, of course, he was just amazing. And I... I I remember even at 86, he was jumping around chasing the secretaries and doing great. But um, the, uh, the moral of the story is you, you cannot mix the power of pharmaceuticals with uh, herbs. And I, I still think allopathic medicine is a wonderful diagnostics tool. It's just the astrology can go a long way to looking at the deep, energetic, inherent imbalances. That, that can often give you a different viewpoint that you can discuss with your doctor or a naturopath. Now, for the listeners that are that may be getting this confused, are you telling me that astrologically there are certain herbs that correspond to to signs, or a, a, am I getting it confused? Well, that's a good question. Yes, how, how there's two types of astrology used in uh, diagnosing imbalances in the body in Ayurveda. One is your birth chart, and the other one is something known as interrogation astrology. Now, anyone in India is going to call that prashna. That's the Sanskrit Hindi equivalent. And just to be clear, those two methods. One is the inherent nature of what you were born with. Um, from a mystical viewpoint, 
It is believed that the guardian angel ties the soul into the body at first breath, and that celestial imprint atomically goes into the left ventricle of the heart and really imprints the genetics uh, deeply at that moment in time into the body. And even the skeptics have to agree that there's a lot of inherent energy that's in the birth chart. So that's one way to diagnose imbalances or strengths. And the other way is when someone falls deathly ill or ill of something, you can cast a chart at the moment. Now, that was the type of astrology that was used the most from the Egyptian times all the way up until probably the late 1600s. And, and still used. It's called interrogation astrology. Other astrologers might know it as horary. That's the Latinized uh, version. And that's literally casting a chart for the moment. And the sixth house rules the disease or ailment and the ascendant of that, not birth chart, but a question chart, literally for the moment. The astrologer would determine what was stronger, you or the disease. And then you could see the nature of the disease um, because ancient astrology is much more detailed than modern astrology. It has a, a plethora of diagnostic tools. <clears throat> and then they would prescribe herbs commensurate with the, um, the type of ailment it was. They could cool if it was too hot. They could heat if it was too cold. Um, they could see if it was in the lungs or various other ways or in the blood. <clears throat> and I, I have actually done this for many years, and I can tell you it's, it's been pretty amazingly accurate. Uh, again, I can't practice medicine, nor will I give medical advice, but I will tell people what the charts say so that they can either make their own decisions or discuss it with their doctors. Having said all of that, would, would it be fair to say that certain people, according to their science and according to their astrology, are more susceptible to certain diseases or or disabilities. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in readings, uh, I often will say to someone, you know, do you have this or that? And they'll say yes. And a lot of times I'm just confirming the chart. Like you can see if there's digestion imbalances, acidic imbalances. You can see if there's physical strengths and weaknesses. <clears throat> I'll never forget. In 19, I think it was about 1965 or 1967, my little brother and I were standing outside, and we had Dutch elm trees, and the guy pulled up. It looked like the Rat Patrol. Remember, remember the TV series, The Rat Patrol, with Chuck Connors? Yeah. Uh, now we're dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy comes pulling up with a pair of goggles on, and this device that looked like a machine gun, except it was a turret that sprayed the Dutch elm trees, which I later found out was DDT. So my brother and I were standing there, breathing it in, while he sprayed DDT all over our Dutch elm trees. Well, of course, the guy didn't have a mask on either. It's the 60s, right? And then he zooms away, and I started getting really bad chronic fatigue. <clears throat> now, my brother didn't. And what's interesting is when I look at my brother's astrology, he's like a horse. It didn't affect him at all. But, boy, it sure knocked me down. And I had vaccines as well in the 60s that I actually passed out from. And, again, he did too. Didn't phase him a bit. 
he still drinks and smokes, and I don't. I never have, and, and uh, it's, well, I did smoke for a while, but thank God I quit in the 80s. But, um, uh, yeah, different people are completely, and genetics proves that. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing really unparalleled about genetics, health, and astrology. They really mirror one another. Something there, actually, about that we could choose to eradicate a lot of um, ailments or illnesses, or at least contribute towards the eradication of them, if we were to choose when to conceive a child, for example. Oh, well, that's a whole other world. Yes, <clears throat> the, um, uh, the, the, yeah, absolutely, Con conception of a child is really fascinating. That's a whole other type of astrology. That's called electional astrology. And I do a lot of marriage elections and conception elections. And um, some women, they may not be able to conceive. I, I have a great story on that one I'll, I'll briefly share with you. I had a lady who was 51 years old, and she really wanted to carry a child to, um, to birth. <clears throat> but um, she, so she consulted me, and I said, well, it's based on the woman's birth chart. And I said, are you working with the doctor? She said, yes. I said, good, because I, I wouldn't want to ever take that responsibility. And her doctor, which most aren't, but this one was, willing to actually take her husband's semen and implant the sperm into her ovum at a very specific astrological time, in which he did. And it's based on the moon. She carried the child at 51 years old, to full birth, had a natural birth, of course, in the hospital. And um, the child was not born with Down syndrome. I believe he's six or seven years old right now and as healthy as a horse, and I was so pleased about that. If, for example, we talk about genetic modification of, of animals, of plants, of, you know, produce, um, and, and cloning of, of, of um, not people, but genetics, DNA, and I'm just thinking, in terms of the astrological charts, would we be able to, if, we, if for example, we identified that Cancerians are more prone to a certain type of disability, we would be able to use the charts to make sure that we, we didn't conceive so that we produced Cancerians? Now I understand, yes. Um, that's an interesting topic you're bringing up, that... I actually do quite a bit in that genre, and particularly in elective surgeries. Um, for instance, you know, I live in the land of plastic surgery, right? So I, I often get consulted for elective surgeries, and you're also talking about conception of not only humans but animals. And the interesting thing is uh, there was a gentleman in Ireland um, who had – done that with racehorses. He actually would record the exact time that, uh, this was about 100 years ago, but uh, there's a lot of data on this where he would actually watch which horse was born at a certain time, and he could call extreme breadwinners, in other words, extreme race uh, success with, with these thoroughbreds. And what's fascinating about that whole topic is Benjamin Franklin used to say, and this, he was quoted as saying this, that no general or no uh, practitioner of any important event would do it without first consulting an astrologer 
as to an opportune time at which to do it. Uh, for example, I have many people, I just had a, a, a gentleman who had to go in for hernia surgery, and the day that he wanted to go was actually not very good. Um, and I said, get from your doctor when he does the surgery. Most doctors will do certain procedures on certain days of the week, like Tuesdays, Thursdays, etc. And I said, get a bunch of them, and I'll pick the best one. And I did. And he went in, and it actually went quite successful. Um, I've had over uh, probably close to 30-plus years of data on this where I've had women go in for you know, cosmetic surgery of various types. And the ones that always went in on good times had good healing. Um, and when I say good times, that means I pick a day when the lunar aspects and also the signifactor of the, queer, of the person having the procedure done is good. It, it gets quite detailed. The eastern horizon represents the person receiving or having the surgery. The doctor is the seventh house, and the doctor's treatment is the tenth. So you can't control the exact moment in time a medical procedure is done. So what I do is I have them leave the home at an exact time, and hopefully I can find a window of time where the, the lunar and other aspects are happening during that whole procedure. And what's good is when we leave what we call a wide enough orb, which is the applying degrees and minutes of longitude, so that they're happening over several hours, um, that blanket is kind of there. And there's been a lot of scientific study done on this. One more famous is the Kalisco effect. The Kalisco effect was uh, two scientists, a husband and wife, you can look it up on the Internet, where they had actually proven that metals congealed much more strongly molecularly during the astrological aspects signifying those metals. Like, for instance, Mars rules iron, Jupiter rules tin, and the moon rules silver, the sun rules gold. Um, so they were able to actually validate uh, by many, many studies. So taking that data and applying that to what you're speaking about, uh, I think really proves that there is an effect. Um, science has well said the moon has a huge effect not only on the tides, but on the flows of menstruation in women, uh, in plant and sap, and so on and so forth. So you know, astrology is exceedingly complex when you get into this genre, but it, it really, I have to say, um, it's um, it, it's pretty amazing. I, I, I again was a skeptic in the '70s, and uh, I became an unskeptic because I, I actually really have delved a lot into physics. I used to teach a physics class and psychoacoustics and all that, and I, I love science. I think science is a wonderful thing because it proves and has brought the world many, many wonderful things and. I think astrology needs to be moved up, the real astrology, to the science it used to be. And um, it certainly, uh, I have a lot of people who secretly don't want to be known as <laughs> you know, using astrology. I mean, I've got, I've got clients in some pretty high places in Washington, I'll tell you that. I, I can't reveal who or what they are. And they would shriek in horror if I ever revealed oh. who it might be. But, um, yeah, it's it's... 
again, I'm the same. I, I've always been a skeptic of astrology. I'm like, let me see, you know, and it keeps proving me right or, or the science right. Well, Washington needs a little bit more astrology. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, it does. <laughs> the district I, I call DC the district of criminals. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I I have a guy who can find out through his high level sources. Yeah, so. of course. So, there you go. So how do we? Um, how how is that good? How is that going to change? Is what I'm thinking. Because uh, because when you say that there's people that don't really want to be public about using astrology, and it's still not up to the same level of science as a lot of other areas like physics. How would that change? Like, how how are people going to uh, be more accepting of it? Well, what's going to happen? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you know, prior to the 1600s, I would say prior to the 1700s, astrology and astronomy were one. If history could be rewritten, um, a wonderful book that, that supports that is... Um, what is that, uh, The Stars in Your Destiny or something? I can't remember. Um, but it was. Uh, there's several books that have been put out that are amazing about this, where if history could be rewritten, um, I, I became a real history buff in, um, in the 80s and 90s. And I, I have still to this day, I'm receiving translations from various groups in colleges and, and et cetera that are, uh, translating stuff out of the Egyptian, the Coptic, the Greek, the Aramaic, the Hebrew, the uh, uh, Arabic, and Latin. It is, it's absolutely astounding how much astrology played a part of uh, history. Uh, but I think what you're saying is, is hard because there's the religions themselves have pitted themselves against astrology while yet secretly using it. I mean, the Pope takes a bathtub or a bath in a tub surrounded by the Zodiac. I mean, if anyone was into the heavens, it's certainly the Roman Catholic Church. Um, And yet they'll vehemently deny it. And why is that? Well, I think my opinion is the the Nicene Councils and previous forefathers in the church knew a lot. They, they had exposure to a lot. And there was a lot of dogma, and, and I, I can't state what they thought, but my just from what I can piece together, the church rightly tried to stop the practice of magic, particularly black magic, and I couldn't agree with them more. Um, you had so many secret societies like the Knight Temp- Knights Templar, the Rosicrucians, the you know, the Masons, let's go all the way back. I mean, speaking of Washington, D.C. stands for the District of Columbia. And literally, if you read supporting documents of the French architect, Washington, D.C. is an Egyptian temple. That's what it is. (laughs) It's an Egyptian temple. And the District of Columbia was, you know, Columbia. And and, um, what what my point is is that... um, there was a lot of magic going on, and the church sought to stop that. And I think astrology, what happened was, and the Bible says it, that you know we shall not do any uh, magic in, in, in so far as, as, as I can preface it, you know, kind of 
technology got lobbed in there, and part of it might have been political control. And yet, I can tell you, um, most of the rabbis that I know, which is some of the best astrology out there, uh, the ancient rabbis, particularly one was named Ibn Izra, I-Z-R-A, and if anybody wants to grab a hold of their Bibles, Mm -hmm. they will notice Ibn Izra as a commentator in the Psalms and the Old Testament. And he was one of the most sought-after astrologers in the 10th and 11th century. Uh, He was dragged around all over Europe uh, by kings because of his ability to do electional astrology for coronations, starting wars, and divinational things, and medical astrology. In fact, there's a critical translation right now coming out of Israel, which I have most of it. It's astounding. It's... it is not astrology 101. It's it's uh, that's the stuff I love because it's exceedingly scientific in its approach. It's 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 astronomy scientifically applied. And back to the questions that were being asked earlier, it it, it really covers many of these issues. Is how does the heavens interact with life on Earth? Just uh, moving aside slightly, Jeff, of, of that kind of particular area of expertise. If we, if if somebody comes to you and it's completely from scratch, I'm just thinking on a practical level, how quickly um, and how easily um, do you find doing somebody's complete reading from the charts? Well, today it's it's a lot easier than it used to be because of the computing power. Um, now I have extremely sophisticated and accurate astrology programs and have had since. I would say the late 90s forward, um, it was funny, my mother and I had the first Commodore 64 in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those? With the floppy yes. disk? Yes. With less, less data on the floppy disk and the whole computer than we've got in our iPhones. And um, the uh, then we thought we were cool when we went to the Commodore 128. So back then, we were actually casting charts by hand and I always say I thought the water was uh, cleaner and the air was better in the medieval and prior times because when I look at the computations these people had done, and a lot of modern astronomers have actually said, were the ancient astrologers nuts or were they accurate with their planetary ephemeris, known as positions of the planets? And to their astonishment, they were really accurate. Um, when you start getting far back um, in the B.C. area, it's kind of breathtaking how accurate they all were. And, and to answer your question, it, um, it, today, uh, I, I'd say since about 99 to 2000 forward, I, I, can, I spend about 40 minutes prior to getting online, a half an hour to 40 minutes for clients, and I'm able to do a working of data in Vedic astrology, location astrology, which is amazing. That's where you live, um, what the energies are like where you live, and the transits and progressions through there, and then also uh, looking at your birth chart transit progressions. And moving fast with high-level programs, I can cover a huge amount. It would take me three or four hours to do it by hand, what I can now do in 30, 40 minutes. Wow. That's that's really something. It really is. I think the most powerful thing today 
is all my clients will call me. I have clients all over the world. They'll call me, and I will send them by email a code, and they just log right into my computer. And people who have a Macintosh can actually make a movie of the entire uh, session. And um, the people with PCs can download screen recording programs. And that is so powerful because you're recording not only the audio, but you're actually seeing what I'm showing you. And you can see data that's really quite amazing. Mm. Now, since we're talking about that, let me ask a question that the listeners have asked me. And I will catch hell if I don't ask this. I don't want you going to hell. It's not a good place. <laughs> he, he's in Alabama, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of already here. But anyways, with all of these astrologers out here. Yeah. And all of them doing the same thing. Well, they're not, though. Yeah, and that's where I'm. That's where I'm going. How do we know who to trust with everybody claiming that they have got the astrology method? Yeah, well, and, and you know that's one. That is a really good question. I, I don't think I've ever had anybody state that with that kind of intelligence. That's a really smart question because yes, uh, astrologers are in the business of astrology and they got to make money and good astrologers do charge good amounts of money um, I, I would say there's many schools out there um, who are teaching things that are often not as good as what's really there um, I per, just like in Vedic astrology I have had many many teachers and some of them were authors of books and they weren't that good. I, I was very displeased with what I got out of them. And others I've had were amazing. And most of them are not alive anymore. Um, I had one guy who used to do Vedic astrology in London for the Rothschilds and many of the elite bankers. George Carlin referred to them as the owners. <laughs> and they are. <laughs> they own this place. They own the Federal Reserve. But anyway, long story yeah, we won't go there in conspiracy. But but long story short, um, <clears throat> that's a great question because it's a very hard thing to quantify and I'm not sitting here and, and I have to tell you, I've been doing this about 42 years now or 41, 42 years. Uh, actually, about 42. And, um, and that's per se where I actually had an idea what the heck I was doing. And the, the longer I do it, the more humble I get. I mean, I find if I am not extremely sharp and on my game, uh, I can miss things because it is such an exceedingly complex science. It really is geometry, math, and symbolism, uh, and you have to really be on your game. And uh, like just now, since I've been on the phone with this radio show, I've had two calls come in. One is purchasing a huge property uh, in real estate, and another one is launching some promotional things. So I do a lot of things on what we call electional astrology, uh, marriage elections, business openings, LLC filings, uh, surgeries, 
purchases, closings of real estate, and all that type of stuff. Uh, signing contracts is another real big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess there's a lot of good astrologers out there. There's a lot. The minute you start hearing, oh, you're a Pisces or an Aries and all this airy fairy stuff, I would say run. <laughs> and the reason why I call that astrology love, light, and cluelessness because I, I've been a real uh, proponent of get away from sun sign astrology. You know, you, you brought up a great topic because the ancient astrologers never said you were an Aries or a Pisces or your sun sign. That stuff was all invented in the 60s. Linda Goodman uh, and other astrologers made a lot of money selling books, and people will read these books and see some vague similarities. But, my God, the real astrology, you have guardian angels that are literally indicated by the ascendant. Um, you can actually get your guardian angel in Hebrew from the entire birth chart. I actually do that on gemstone talismans for people. And the ancients knew astrology was God's code working on the soul. That's a lot different. You are not your astrology. You're experiencing your astrology. We are sentient beings. And if you could see the ancient angelic hierarchies, you would see that your soul is created many hundreds of dimensions above astrology. There's no rotating galaxies and amino acids and, you know, zodiacs up there. You're, you're created literally as a piece of God. And, and to the atheists, I say, check it out, because there's some overwhelming evidence, not that I'm here to convince anybody to change their opinion, but but uh, astrology doesn't get kicking until almost six hierarchies down of huge classes of angels. And then you have what they call the Yitzhak worlds. That is where science is seeing the galaxies and the amino acids and all the stuff that is correctly the building blocks and science of life. But that's not us. We're far above that. And... I think that little mark we all have between our nose and our upper lip was the mark that the angel made to made us, make us forget. And, you know, psychics and uh, intuitives sometimes can get yeah. up there. Yeah. I know that story, yes. Yeah, isn't that a great story? They actually say the guardian angel attaches the soul at conception and ties it in at first breath. And that's when we're made to forget. I, I personally think the solar system is a divine place where souls come to grow. You can kill, you can heal, you can help, you can hate, you can love, you can uh, fight, you can do whatever you want here. But I think in the end, it's all about ascending to a higher divine consciousness. And this is what all the great spiritual leaders, the Christian message, etc., all espoused. And I personally think they're exactly right. Um, Vedic astrology gets into the words, quote-unquote, karma. And you have good and bad karmas and all points in between. And there's angelic hierarchies that actually permeate the zodiac. And this is the difference between modern astrology and ancient astrology. Uh, in fact, the Bible states it clearly. It's called Exodus. It's called the Shem Hemaphorish in Hebrew. There's 72 angels to the severity and 72 to the divine. And they work on the souls. And I 
don't think it's eye for eye and tooth for tooth. I think it's eye for eye and tooth for tooth unless your consciousness changes. If the soul and the heart, which was a, a wonderful reference in the Christian scriptures, changes, so do the angels in their severity uh, upon the soul. Because one of the things that struck me about Vedic astrology when I first studied it was how creepy, accurate, and fatalistic it was. Well, it was like, oh my God. You know, it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, well, for those that are trying to reconcile Christianity and astrology, were the wise men, were they not astrologers following they were. They were. Know, a, a chart that said that yep. a king was going to be born on this day and they in were this following region? Chart. That's right exactly right and I don't know that you can ever resolve the dogmas of religions against astrology unless you do it individually you know Sting had a great quote in one of his songs he says men go crazy in congregations they only get better one by one <laughs> he may be right on that one <laughs> but I'm not here telling anybody I have the way because I certainly don't what I do do in the reading is try and help people as much as I can. I, I really had a blessing to see what I've seen over the years. I mean, I have seen everything from satanic rituals to the most blessed, divine, holy things. Um, it's all going on here on planet Earth. And you look around, you listen to the news, I mean, it's all going on. And, um, I mean, you look at the bird landing on the branch outside the window and... You know, when humans can replicate that, good luck. Because um, I, I think we're moving into a future of high-tech artificial intelligence and computerization and genetics beyond our wildest dreams. And the astrology indicates that. Now, can, can I ask a question just out of pure selfishness here? Yeah, by all means. You know, I, um, I've recently just reached my 50th birthday, and uh, I, you know, as as always happens, you know, you hit health problems, and I, I would like to know what would happen if I came to you with a health issue, let, let, let's say, just for example, it's my heart, you know, and, and I need to have a heart surgery. Yet your reading tells me that it's not a good time for a heart surgery. What? Well, what I would, how do I yeah, reconcile go ahead. that? Well, I, I think if you needed to have a heart surgery and your doctor was telling you to do so, you'd have a couple of options. You know, there's a lot of doctors out there, and... I never give medical advice because I cannot. I'm, I'm not qualified to give medical advice nor am I licensed to do it. What I always try and do is tell you what the chart says so that you can discuss that with your doctor or a doctor who is receptive to it. Um, here's a good example. Um, a lot of times heart conditions, and, and many doctors will tell you this, are there because of poor eating habits, uh, poor... Uh, you know, things that you're doing to yourself. Other times it may be critical where, you know, you've gone past a, a point of no return and, and sometimes surgery is the only way. And 
you know, hats off to the to the medical uh, establishment. They are doing surgeries right now that are incredible. When you look at the science they have and the instrumentation, the micro uh, ability to see things with cameras and uh, nanotechnology, it's pretty astounding. And I don't think that's ever going to stop. I think we're going to see ex- an explosion in genetics, artificial intelligence, and all that in the 2020s, uh, because um, there, there was, uh, anyways, just to answer your question, that that's what I would do, is, is tell you what the chart says so that you could make an informed decision and then discuss that with your doctor or find a doctor who's open to discussing that. Jeff, has there ever been a time where you've you've read on, an, on the chart something that was that worrying but you had to make a moral decision not to reveal it. Ah. Yeah, that's happened. Um, you know, I've, I've had people who have been hysterical and really in tough situations, and I could see why. They, um, I, even in my own life, I'm, I'm always amazed at how accurate astrology is. Um, but there's always something you can do about it. See, that's the difference between fear-based astrology, I'm a real believer that your consciousness, your soul, and your human abilities far exceed astrology. What I like in astrology, too, is kind of like a stop-and-go light in traffic. You're the driver of your own car. So your ability to control your car, your free will, the braking, the steering, and all that, uh, is is your personal free will and control. The stop and go lights are more like astrology. They, and I'm being simplistic here, but if the light's red and you think you can run it in traffic, I would highly recommend against that. So what do you do? You stop the car and you wait for it to turn green. You know, and that kind of parallels the question Alan asked. If it's not a good time to have surgery... You have to weigh out, you know, if your doctor's telling you you're going to die, if you don't, uh, and the astrology is saying the same thing, well, then maybe you better have it. Um, I would never tell anyone what to do. I would only tell them what the chart says. And then, you know, ultimately, even a doctor can't make you have surgery. Um, a, a great example was I had a client recently, a few years ago, who was diagnosed with cancer said you're going to be dead in just a matter of weeks. And she called me up and said, what should I do? I said, well, I can't tell you what to do, but I said, I'll tell you what the chart says. The chart says that, you know, there's some really severe things you've been doing, and she acknowledged that, uh, abusive-wise, you know, smoking, etc. And I said, there are certain herbs you could pursue that might correct this. And, but I said, I'm not the person to give you medical advice. And she elected to do nothing. Um, I just spoke to her, and she's doing just great. <laughs> everything went away. Now, you know, that's not to say you can call me and, and evade your, your cancer, because, I, again, I can't be play doctor. But I can tell you what the chart said. There's been other times I had a doctor once who was a really dear friend of mine. This is probably about 20 years ago, he um, he had prostate cancer, and I had become very good friends with him, and he had 
fought it for many years, close to a decade, and they pronounced him dead. And he called me up and said, Jeff, I'm dying. He says, there's nothing. I said, what can I do? I said, well, I said, the one thing I know you could do is astrologically move to a location where you have a sun ascending line. See, every one of us have location astrology. And if you move to where the sun ascends in your birth chart, and that's, everybody's going to have that somewhere. The problem is, is it in the middle of the ocean <laughs> or is it in the middle of, you know, someplace you can inhabit, right? Yeah, is, it, is it in Siberia? Yeah, right. So he had it in, uh, actually, he was lucky. He had one running right next to Hawaii, and he had a friend there, and he went and lived there. His PSAs dropped out of the sky, except his friend got in a divorce. He was depleted of money, and he had to leave. He moved back to a place where he had a Mars-Pluto line. His PSA shut up. He, was, he called me. I'll never forget. He says, I had to move back to this place. And it was very exacerbating for him. And I said, geez, Jim, I said, anywhere but there. And um, his PSA shot to the moon. He was on morphine. And he says, you think I'm, I'm going to die? And I said, well, Jim, I'm not here to tell you what to do. But the chart indicates, yeah, you're probably out of here. Oh, wow. And he was. He, he died uh, on Christmas Eve, uh, about again, 20 years ago, or the night before it. And that's the way it was. And poor guy died with, you know, an IV of morphine. And uh, at least he wasn't in great pain. But, uh, yeah. So, well, actually, you know, you know, that would be a great topic. Maybe or the next time you're back, we'll talk about location astrology that would be very interesting and it's amazing yeah it's so accurate it's creepy yeah. uh, I, I i gotta say I, I could tell you so many stories yeah okay well jeff we're uh, quickly out of time so i, I uh, of course yeah. we have you linked on our web page of course and uh give out your uh, website and contact information for people if they're interested in maybe having a reading Sure. Uh, my, my website is jeff at jeffharman.com, and that's H-A-R-M-A-N. So it's just J-E-F-F at J-E-F-F-H-A-R-M-A-N.com. That's the best way because my my wonderful wife uh, absolutely is, is perfect at dealing with people, and she always is very prompt at getting back to people and scheduling. It's always good but, to have uh, you here, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. You bet. Well, thanks for having me, and, and thanks for letting me uh, share what I shared. To find out more about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com.